Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I have a interview with Dr. Anthony Hussein. You might have heard him. He also helped contribute during the compensation structure for associates. And he was one of the five doctors we talked to. Today we actually are discussing, he's a CSA member. He's also implementing a lot of, of the marketing aspects to his practice. He's doing a lot of different things. And he had a question that he asked me a few few weeks back about how do you keep doing like how do you do all of it how do you practice and run a business and implement marketing and so that's the question that he asked and so I decided why don't we make this a podcast episode because a lot of people have that same question and so we dive into that question on how it can be done and so I wanted I thought it'd be a good episode for you because I think everybody at times feels that sense of overwhelm and it doesn't have to be that way and so I kind of lay out how I think you can do it and this really is part of a little bit of a group of episodes that I've been doing around delegation or you know I had the one solo episode where we talked about automation optimization and outsourcing and then I had an episode with uh, Shannon Waller talking about unique ability and how you really want to focus on that stuff and then delegate the other things out. There's going to be another episode that I've already recorded with the owner of Delegate Solutions who I use. And so I kind of have this theme that we're trying to hammer because I think it's important to be productive as a doctor, but also as running your business and implementing these things that are going to grow your practice. So uh, here is my interview with Dr. Anthony Hussein. All right, Doc. Welcome to the show. This isn't your your first time. You, you know, I really wanted to thank you for being on the associate compensation compilation of episode that we did. One of the five doctors. Uh, so I appreciate your time. So our audience will recognize your your voice and such. But um, today's going to be a little bit of a different episode, and we're going to dive into a question that you had. You just a little background. You've been following the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group, and I think the podcast, you're a a member of the Chiropractic Success Academy. And so you've been following some of the information for for quite a while. And I know you and I have spoken and uh, you kind of had a question and and we thought it would be a great podcast to have uh, in general. So uh, what what, what was that question that you did have? The question that, that I was struggling with is that when I was introduced to the CSA and started to go through all the modules, there's such a a wealth of information implementing the changes and how to go about it, how to coordinate it. It almost felt like it was too much information. And so for me, what I was trying to do is figure out, okay, how to break this apart and, and how to take a look at all the information and apply it to my practice mm-hmm. in what sequencing to you know get the most out of the information. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, it's almost kind of like that uh, drinking water out of a fire hydrant type of thing, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> and I think we all gotten that. And, you know, I've probably spent the last five or six years really diving deep into the marketing and business stuff. And, and it was like that for a while as well. And I, I definitely get where you're coming from. I like the one 
post that I found from Joe Polish. I put it in the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group, and it was it was two boxes. One was labeled information, and it was a bunch of dots, you know, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one was labeled knowledge, and it was all those same dots, but with lines like connecting them and. And it, and it just kind of shows the difference between information and knowledge and being able to connect those dots. And that seems kind of a common thread amongst a, a lot of people. And, and I think part of it honestly stems from the technology advancements we've had, right? Like there's free information everywhere. And it's, it's amazing how much information is out there. But how do you actually put it together and connect those dots? Is that something that you've kind of seen? Yeah, the connection of the dots is really the implementation plan. How does this go in order to make it most effective? And and also looking at my practice, because it's going to be different for everybody's practice based on what pieces you already have in place, which ones you're missing, which ones you have to completely, totally invent, and what staff is needed. So for me, I try to take a look at my practice and break it into, okay, what do I have and what do I not have? Mm -hmm. And start with that and kind of work along those two lines. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think what we try to set out with the Chiropractic Success Academy, and I'll make the two distinctions that we go along, because obviously the way it's intended is the modern chiropractic marketing group and a podcast and some of the other stuff that's out there, it's kind of that box where it's all the information and it's the dots. And then with CSA, we're trying to connect those dots and it's still a process. But one of the things we came out of the gates with was the practice audit. And I know you filled that out. And, and I think that is the key to figuring out, It was, I think it was like three or four pages and it, it dives into a lot of different things, not only the metrics and what you're doing or what you're not doing in marketing, but also what your goals are and some of the past history of what other things have you done and implemented. And it really tries to get a, a snapshot of your, of your practice. But I've had a lot of the chiropractors also tell me it gave them a lot of insights on where they did need to start. So for instance, let's say um, we asked a lot of the practice analytics questions and we had a whole other module back in December on that. And let's say uh, I'm going to make up a practice, but we've got a practice that's got 25 new patients and their office average is $70 a visit, which is pretty, is, is really good. But we noticed that for whatever reason, their office visits for, per week is like 65, right? Mm-hmm. In that scenario, I, I would say, okay, you don't have a new patient problem you have a probably a, a, a during unit or an after unit issue, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're not communicating well with the patient, so they're not following a treatment plan or whatever it may be, or you don't have a, a good reactivation system. Like you're not keeping in contact with your patients. And then I go and I look at the questions we asked on marketing and I realize like, oh, you're not emailing your patients ever. Right. So to me, I would say, okay, we're going to, we don't need to worry about new patient marketing right now. Not that it's something we don't want to improve and get better, but let's hone in on why don't we have the office visits that we should have. And then let's see if we can pair that up with what we saw and what you are or not doing in marketing. We know so there's not email. So that would be like a big hitter, right? And so I wanted to definitely use that audit to, to do that to where, you know, we pump out three or four modules a month there might be a module that you don't need to really watch right away. It could be on the back burner. Yeah. And so that to answer your question, start of the process of answering it is I think a, a good audit of what you're doing and understanding your numbers and then seeing what you, uh, what some of those like leading indicators. I remember 
Josh Satterley had, had talked about this uh, in a little closed group that we have, and he talked about trailing indicators and leading indicators. That was pretty eye-opening for me. Something like your 25 new patients in a month, that's a trailing indicator. You can't do anything to retroactively change that, right? Mm-hmm. It happened. It is what it is. If you did 15 new patients, you say to yourself, wow, I was like, that's not good. You know, 25 was good, but that's not good. There's nothing you can do about it retroactively. But there's certain things like leading indicators that can change that amount of new patients. And that would be like more networking events or, you know, a, a better Facebook ad. There's a lot of things that can actually, you can start to do to then change those trailing indicators. Right. So I think having a really good picture of what your missing links are in, in the practice is a good start. I, I agree. The practice audit was one of those things that um, you know forces you to look at the your practice uh, mm-hmm. through a lens that most of us don't have. Yeah. And looking at it through that lens, you you start to see things. That, you know, when I was looking at the metrics and I was looking at the average patient visit, you know, those were numbers. You know, new patients were good, but to look at it, each doctor. You can get a, a gauge to see, well, we've got one doctor doing it here, and then you got the other doctor, you know, in the same environment, in the same staffing, but different patient visit average. And so now it allows you to go in and say, okay, let's take a look and see how his plan of cares are going, see what kind of conversations he's having, mm-hmm. and help us uh, try to fix that gap. Yeah, and that was a mistake I've made in my practice in the past, and and I'm not afraid to admit some of that is where looking at the trailing indicators of the two different doctors in the practice was like, oh, well, you know, every time a new patient goes to see that doctor, it's not what it should have been compared to the other one or, or whatever, or vice versa. But I didn't have anything in place to actually work on those leading indicators like, okay, better care plans that are reasonable, better communication, um, understanding how to talk to the patient after a visit four and they're feeling better, but your treatment plan was, you know, twice a week for four weeks for the condition and understanding how maybe you haven't resolved the uh, indirect cause of that pain or condition or sports injury, whatever it may be. And so I wasn't doing anything, honestly, to, to rectify that. So I can sit there and look at the trailing indicators on blue in the face, but nothing's going to change unless you start targeting those, those leading indicators. So I think that's a, a key recipe to, to fix it. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So with my associate, that one of the things that we found is that some of the problems he was having with the plans of care were coming from a lack of confidence. And that lack of confidence was stemming from a lack of exposure to continuing education that helped grow my practice. You know, ART, you know, SFMA, these different components that allow you to be confident in your recommendation of some of the exercise progressions, as well as transitioning your patient from pain-centered practice to more of a function-based practice. So once we started getting him involved in that and getting through that continuing education, we could see that translate over to those plans of care becoming more more confident. Yeah. And we're not talking crazy stuff, right? We're not talking about six-month care plans and everything. We're, you know, I think that's one of the things we're seeing in a lot of practices. We're so gung-ho on getting people out of pain, which is great. And it's like this badge of honor. It's like, oh, I got them out of pain in two, two visits and then they disappear. It's like, well, did you really did you really do that patient a service, right? Like, right. <laughs> I remember having Mark King on the podcast and he talked about that. That was something that he's seeing and he's the president of Motion Palpation Institute where a lot of these young docs are not realizing there's more to it than just that pain relief 
Uh, and again, we're not talking about unwarranted care, uh, but you're going to tell me you're going to get someone better functionally and with some long-term relief or prevention in two or three visits, it's probably not going to happen. So I think that's something, and that's kind of a whole sidebar. We could probably do a whole episode on, on that <laughs> stuff, but that, you know, no but doubt. that may be something where you see, okay, like uh, I honed in on a problem where I, my weekly visits are off. And so what are the things that I can do to improve the, the during unit, which is that from the time the patient contacts your office to the end of the treatment plan, how can I improve that? And then how can I also make sure I'm doing marketing things that are going to help that after unit, which is when they've left your office, but the top of mind awareness. And so uh, the emails or maybe the newsletters, Facebook, you can even retarget. Like there's so many different things that we've discussed on the podcast where you can do that. But I think that's where someone needs to start when they're trying to consume all this information and start to connect those dots. Yeah, I agree. You know, it was there. There were so many pieces that we had to do different. One of the first things I did is I brought in a marketing director and said, "Okay, I need help with this because this this can't fall all on my shoulders." So as I brought her up to speed, that's been essential in us in implementing each one of these components. Yeah, and you you know your practice is well developed and and it's thriving in many ways, which is always exciting because you can then take that next step and be able to hire a marketing director. And I think that's a key. And so in the last two years, I've heaven, heavenly, or sorry, <laughs> heavily uh, focused on delegation. And recently I've started to kind of bring that to the podcast as far as different, different episodes. And so we've had, I kind of repurpose. So again, this is, this also is a strategy is uh, if you're trying to create content, which I'll talk about, but I've repurposed one of the video presentations from Shannon Waller from strategic coach for the virtual summit we did. And we ran it as a podcast episode, which it talked about unique ability and focusing on the unique ability is like the key to really giving you the direction of where you want to go. Right? Like, you could theoretically say to yourself, you know what? I don't want to treat patients anymore. You know what I'm really good at and I'm unique at and I really want to do? I'm really good at marketing, right? Like there's people that are like that. There's chiropractors out there. They're just really good at marketing. They're great in front of the camera. They're charismatic. They got this stick and like, they just want to focus on that. And so maybe that's what they focus on and they delegate the treatment to associates. Obviously for you, like you want to be treating patients and, and you don't want to necessarily do the marketing. So you're delegating it out you're starting to hone in on what your unique abilities are. So that's important. And then obviously I had that one episode where I talked about optimization, automation, and outsourcing. And so I think if you can use that as a, as a roadmap for you, <clears throat> when you're trying to digest all that, you can start to get a lot of it off your plate. And it sounds like you're doing that. Yeah. The, uh, you know, having somebody to, to help you out is a key component, but I think the automation component and trying to really, really, identify what we can automate first. You know, and sometimes the automation comes through the outsourcing. Sometimes like I outsource to somebody content, they'll produce the content and then we can automate the delivery of that content so that it makes it more systemized and one less thing to uh, have to worry about. You know, exactly. And that's the key to that is, is try to automate as much as you can, right? It's not, yeah. not everything's going to be automated, but you can get it down pretty good where a lot of stuff is automated. You know, I, people complain about 
the email stuff a lot and writing emails is like, you know, that can be automated in a lot of ways. Like you can have a set theme and you can have call to actions that are there and a lot of it can be done and you just need to get the content, plug it in and go. So you can automate it to a certain extent. And then from there, it's like, okay, what can't be automated and it really can't be outsourced, but we can optimize it, right? Like there's certain uh-huh. things that in our practices, you just can't outsource and you can't automate. And so you just want to make sure that's optimized. Yeah. that For us, that was the physician marketing. I could uh, outsource some of the content, but you know, you're going office to office and you've got to have that's, that's hands-on and boots on the ground. So you've got to have somebody in place. Yeah. But you can optimize all of the different steps in that person yeah. doing that. And so that it's, it's perfect. And then from there, you know, depending on what your financial resources are to where you say to yourself, you know what, I'm bringing home the money that I, that I need to bring home. And then my cash flow is pretty solid and the profits are pretty nice. Yeah, I could go out and probably buy a a nicer vehicle this month or do, you know, buy a nice uh, vacation or whatever it is. And I I highly recommend vacations and and free time. But you can kind of reinvest some of that profits into your business. And I think a way of doing that is outsourcing. And it sounds like you've, you've started that. I know for me, recently, I did an interview that will come out after this episode with Emily Morgan of Delegate Solutions. That's someone 10 months ago that I started to um, reinvest in myself, kind of buying time and, and buying capabilities that I didn't have before. And so I did that. And I think that's as you grow as a practice owner, you can start to outsource things that are not within your unique ability. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's uh, essential. You know, it's uh, the only way to grow the practice because eventually you, you know, run out of hours. You do, you do. And you run it, you'll hear things like um, the ceiling of complexity, which is a strategic coach term they talk about where you just, your business gets so complex because you're doing too many things in the business and you Mm -hmm. can't get to that next level because it's just too complex and you don't know where to go next. And that's when you know you've hit a, a barrier and you need to start offloading some things so that you can get to the next level. Simplify, yep. One of the activities that, that I've learned to do is called the activity inventory where you, you know, literally write everything out that you do in your business. And then from there you write, uh, you know, is this something that's within my unique ability? Is it an excellent, is it a average thing, you know, and, and start hitting the low hanging fruit and get rid of some of that stuff and put it into that category of, can I automate this? Okay. If I can't, can I outsource it? If I can't, can I, do I, do I optimize it and start just getting really intentional with that and trying to pick apart everything you're doing. And then you'll have to redo that. Like I redo it every quarter and say, okay, I got rid of some of that stuff, but now I added this, I need to get rid of this as well. And so you just, (laughs) you're definitely trying to offload as many things as you can. Yeah. It feels like, you know, you're spinning the wheels. So, you know, every time I uh, get rid of something, I end up adding something new. And yep. so, but that's progress though. You're, you're, you're moving is. forward and not uh, standing still. Yeah. Well, it's like for me, you know, I, I, one of my unique abilities is treating patients, which is yours. Like every chiropractor listening to this, that's a unique ability we have inherently through the education and training we have, like not many people on the planet can do it. And so with that being said, I was like, well, can I distill it down even further? And, and I've mentioned this a couple of times where I've outsourced the soft tissue. I've outsourced the rehab exercises. I've outsourced the history and consultations. And I just want to focus on the exam, biomechanical assessments we do, and the adjustment. 
and have everything else done. And right. because I know that's going to give me a little more longevity, but what's been funny about it is now like I've got a lot, like we could have a busy day. Like yesterday was a really busy day in the office. And I found myself at some times like kind of bored. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to, if we had a busy day like yesterday, I was like, I didn't even have time to go to the bathroom. So now I've got some of these holes that I need to fill, but I have to be careful because it can create a vacuum, right? Right. And then where it just, you know, I'm on Facebook all day or something, right? So um, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> and so, yeah, ultimately you want to make sure that uh, you fill those vacuums with unique ability activities that are going to then grow your practice, right? Right. And help get you past that ceiling of complexity. Well, like this weekend when we had a, uh, the state of Alabama just passed uh, dry needling. Mm-hmm. So I went to a training course and to get certified in dry needling. And now I'm trying to figure out how in the world do I blend this into our patient flow? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's like a, just a wrench. Yeah, it <laughs> is. So, yeah. so I have, we've got to work on uh, the test some uh, models of, of patient flow where we could implement this. But uh, it's exciting to have a new tool in the toolbox. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I know in the state of Florida, we have to do, we have to be acupuncture trained to be able to do dry needling so but uh cool yeah and i so i think you know kind of going back to the information one of the things that we can do with that ability to delegate and stuff is that now think about it like you hired a marketing person now you don't necessarily need to worry about learning everything there is about it right like if you hire the right person they should have a lot of those capabilities and then even they can consume some of the information and they may be able to connect the dots. So you don't have right. to worry about it. Um, I think it's important to get for like a level where you're at, where you have the ability to outsource a little bit more than maybe others do. It's good to get to that level where like, you know what you don't know. Right. Right. Cause there's that kind of whole, like you don't know what you don't even know. And then there's that next, which is like, you know what you don't know. And so at least you, you know where it's, what's out there and you can have guide that marketing person. It's like, Hey, what's our email marketing looking like? Have a quick little intentional meeting, discuss it, say, okay, yes, no, I like that, whatever, give your input. And then they run with it. Right. Right. And so I think that's important. Well, and I, and I agree. Uh, another thing with her is that she's a, almost a conduit for like, I have her going out and now all content is being driven through her first and then, then, then she'll present it to me. So, you know, it's kind of a filter for some of the outsourcing we do. So now that, you know, she's communicating with the outsourcing people that are producing the content for the specific areas of, uh, of the clinic. And so, so it just simplifies. I'm not, I'm not meeting with 10 different people or five different people. She's got that taken care of. And then, then she reports back to me. So it simplifies communication quite a bit. Perfect. No, I like it. That makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, for instance, you know, you could watch the Facebook ads tutorial we have in CSA. Doesn't need to. Doesn't mean you need to sit there and start running Facebook ads, right? Like personally right. doing the doing the whole thing. Like, but if you know what it could do for your practice, you can outsource that to someone else. But at least you know it's there, and then you can show them that video. They could watch the video and, and get some of the ideas and retargeting. Right. She's been looking at all the videos. Actually, we hired uh, Pablo. Oh, good. He's communicating with her as we implement and outsource uh, uh, the different things. Yeah. And that's what I did too. Like I use their group and it's something where um, I, my goal is to never run another Facebook ad again. <laughs> like personally, like me, I've done it, you know, and, 
and I know obviously what to do with it and stuff like that, but I just uh, slowly want to outsource as much of that type of stuff. Like for me, I've narrowed my unique abilities down to what I've already mentioned with patient care, like those Mm -hmm. things I want to do, but then marketing vision for my practice and stuff. Like I don't want to do with a lot of the marketing stuff anymore. Uh, And then business vision. Like those are the three things that I feel like if I can focus in those as much as possible, then we will grow and uh, I will have the uh, longevity and energy to, to do it for a while. Are you looking to open more locations or are you looking to grow your existing location? What kind of direction are you looking? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm definitely looking to grow the the, the mothership, you know, the Boca Raton office. <laughs> um, we got a pretty big office here and always looking to grow this. You know, we went through a transition to where we used to be a network with everything and then we've gotten out of network. So we've been lucky enough to build back up and, and make more money per visit on it. But it took a little bit of time to get back to that point. And so I've got an associate coming in in a few months. So that's nice. So we're definitely looking to grow that. Uh, actually in the process of selling the Miami office to the doctor that's been there since 2012. So that's in the process. So that's just part of the deal that we've had. Because I, you know, I feel like if you get a doctor with you for long enough, there should be some type of a vested interest potentially right. in a satellite or whatever. But yeah, like, I, you know, one thing that I've learned about scaling a chiropractic practice is that the mothership better be like on point and something worth replicating. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think sometimes people put the cart before the horse and uh, I was lucky enough when I opened up the Miami office, uh, like uh, I think a year and a half after the first one, which was just too early at the time. <laughs> uh, but it worked out because I had a great doctor down there and stuff and there's been consistency. So if I get the Boca office exactly where I want it, we, we've made huge strides over the last couple of years, which is nice. I wouldn't be opposed to other locations, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. It's to be determined. <laughs> so uh, it's just interesting too, because like I, I'm getting a lot more opportunities as far as helping chiropractors, you know, so like where do, how much, how much further do I take that and how much is, you know, so it's, uh, but it's fun for sure. Did I help a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go and revisit my practice audit because it's something that you should revisit. Refill it out. Re- like redo the whole thing yourself and yeah. say, okay, yeah. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this up, but oh, I got 22 Google reviews. So maybe that's something we can work on. You know, we can yeah. get intentional about that and focus on that. Uh, the biggest thing is, and, and everybody's heard this saying before, it's a process, not perfection. I think we beat ourselves up too much because we know there's eight things that need to be done and we want to do all eight at the same time. You got to take one step at a time and knock off one and then go to the next seven. So, Yeah, it's, the simplification is the hardest part. To try not to fight every battle. Oh, but, yeah. uh, prioritize the ones that are worth fighting right now. Definitely. So, all right. Well, it's exciting because you know you're definitely delegating well, which I like. Uh, it's. I think it's one of those things that you just, uh, you know, what doesn't kill you, you know, makes you stronger. And in this situation, you know, learn to learn that you got to delegate to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, for the younger docs out there and some of the students we have, you know, you're not going to be able to hire a marketing director in year one, you're probably not going to be able to hire a Facebook ads company and marketing company, but you're going to have a lot more time and you can delegate certain things as you go and go through the process. So it's not, you know, you've been practicing for a while. I've been practicing for a while. 
it's just a, a process that you're going to have to go through. You're going to have more time than money early on. But if, if you continue to reinvest in yourself, then you'll have that extra X amount to do this and X amount to do that. And then you'll find yourself kind of having like a self-managing practice to where you get to do what you want. You know, I, I asked the one question in the Facebook group a while back, like if you had the perfect situation, would it be only treating patients and doing nothing in marketing and business? Would it be only running the business and not treating patients? Would it be like that, that guy or gal that's like the ultimate networker, you know, like I don't do anything, but I just have coffee and have drinks and meet with people and play golf. And I know everybody and everybody knows me and they come to my practice and everybody else is doing the work. None of that's wrong. Like if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Or do you want to be, you know, part this and part that? I think you got to get clear on what you ultimately want and then start working towards that. Right. I sometimes watch uh, some of the videos and there's almost like a jealous streak that I get because I'd like to learn these things, but I have no time in the day to learn. Well, at least not during my work day and having kids and wife. So there's just so much there I'd like to do. I'd like to learn how to produce a Facebook. I'd like to learn the click funnel uh, methodology, but I just, there's, there's no way I'm going to. No, you're a doctor, you know, and, and, <laughs> and you know, it's true. And, and you, again, you're a veteran of this field for quite a while now. So it's something that you have the luxury maybe of not having to do as much. Um, so I think everybody's in different stages of the career, right? but just try to avoid that overwhelm as much as possible. Yeah. Even though I, you want to take it on, but at the same yeah. time, you know that you're not going to be able to do it well. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just think about it. Like, I know you said you're certified in ART and a few other things. It's like, and you're adding the dry needling. It's like, we fall into that as clinicians. Like we want to learn every damn technique there is out there. <laughs> I know. I'm so pissed. I'm not TPI certified. I'm yeah. like, how do I get out there and, and get my TPI? I'm like, I, I don't know where to fit it. It's like the whole, that PSP program at Pitt. Yeah. Primary, like that came out. I was like, how do I fit that in my schedule? You know, it's like, and I looked at my calendar. It's like, well, I already got 13 trips this year. I don't think I can add four more to Pittsburgh, but I'm like Jones in the, to do that thing. And yeah. it's, so it's the same type of situation we run into is I think as uh, professionals, obviously tons of schooling, we tend to have a hunger for knowledge. That's what got us through so much schooling in the first mm-hmm. place. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope that helped. Uh, I hope that helped the audience a little bit, but uh, just take it one step at a time. It sure did. It helped me. So thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.